Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3. Also known as Once and For All. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an upcoming boxing trilogy that we are about to witness this Saturday night. Oh my God. I am looking forward to this because this is going to be something special. Now, before I get into the history of this fight, what to expect for this fight and what to look forward in both boxers, I just want to say welcome to the mock draft. I'm Carlos Moctezuma. I have gathered you all here today so that you can hear my little soliloquy. So let's begin with the history of Wilder Fury, how it all started, how it became a thing, and why it could be one of the best trilogies we've had in a while. Not saying it's going to be the best ever, but it could be one of the best we've ever had. So talks about this match has happened about six to seven years ago, and these two fighters had an encounter after Deontay Wilder won a match in the undercard of Amir Khan versus Julio Diaz. And both Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury both made a promise that they would fight each other in the near future. Deontay Wilder at the time became the first American heavyweight world champion in about 10 years in 2015 after he defeated Bermain Stiverne. Then later on, Tyson Fury then became a champion in his first world title attempt by defeating Klitschko in Germany. Later on next year, Deontay Wilder made a third title defense in New York at Barclays Center in a fight that Tyson Fury was actually in attendance. After the fight was over, Tyson Fury then went into the ring and he did a face-to-face -face confrontation with Deontay Wilder, knowing that there was a future fight in hand. And in front of that audience, Tyson Fury grabbed the microphone and told Wilder that there is only one Tyson Fury. What do you got to say about that? Deontay Wilder responded by saying, we all know, Fury, this is just an act. I ain't scared of nobody, and I'll come to your backyard for that fight. The exchanges went back and forth until... People had to separate the two. Tyson Fury then took off his jacket and threw it in the ground while pacing himself up and down, talking to Wilder across the ring. And then Deontay Wilder took the microphone again to tell Fury, I don't play this. You can run around like you're a preacher and all that. But I promise you, when you step in this ring, I will baptize you. And so after the confrontation in New York, it was inevitable that we were going to get this mega fight. And lo and behold, we got the fight in 2018. So after 12 rounds on December 1st of 2018, it was a split decision, which meant that Deontay Wilder retained his WBC title. Three judges scored it all differently. One judge scored it 115 to 111, Deontay Wilder. Another judge scored it 114 to 112 for Tyson Fury and then the final judge scored it 113-113 draw. In that fight, Deontay Wilder landed about 17% of his punches compared to Fury's 26%. 
Deontay Wilder was less accurate in this fight than he usually is in previous fights. And Tyson Fury outlanded Deontay Wilder in about 9 of the 12 rounds they fought. Watching the fight, you can make the case that Deontay Wilder won the fight given the fact that he did have two knockdowns on Tyson Fury. However, when you look at the totality of the fight, how it all went in full display, you could also make the case that Tyson Fury made a comeback to win. Now, do I agree with the tie? I, I'm a bit skeptical. I feel like they should have given this fight to Fury because I thought he did a little bit more compared to Deontay Wilder, despite the fact he got knocked down twice. But I would have no issues with Wilder winning this fight, given that he got the two knockdowns. But I thought Tyson Fury did a little bit more coming back from the adversity of getting knocked down twice. A week after this fight took place, promoter Frank Warren started talking about a potential rematch, and the WBC also agreed to the sanction to a rematch if the terms were agreed upon. According to Frank Warren, negotiations were looking to be finalized for January of 2019, with both Warren and Fury calling for the rematch to take place in the UK. And then, almost a year later, same year actually, uh, December of 2019, it was officially announced that Fury Wilder 2 would be happening in Las Vegas in February of 2020. However, in this fight, it was nothing like the first fight. If you thought you were going to see another classic battle between these two heavyweights from their first match, I'm here to tell you that was not the case. Unfortunately, it was far less competitive than that fight. Tyson Fury put on a show that night. He knocked down Wilder twice and won on the seventh round stoppage after Wilder's corner threw in the towels to save Deontay from further punishment from Tyson Fury. After that fight was over, Tyson Fury received a lot of praise for his performance Many analysts believe that it was one of the best boxing comebacks stories ever, given that he had mental health issues going on with his life, given all the adversity he has gone through, and people were placing his victory as one of the greatest heavyweight boxers in the history. On the other hand, Deontay Wilder started complaining that his cornermen had thrown in the towels too early, and he felt that he could have still done enough to win the match. Unfortunately, it did not seem to be the case during that battle. And then, Wilder and his coach were criticized by the media and fans for stating that Deontay Wilder's outfit, which was a 40-pound suit and helmet that he wore for Black History Month, may have been another key reason why he lost to Fury. His coach stated his legs didn't look great to me early on. I didn't think his legs looked like they normally look. I know he came to the ring in the outfit, which was very heavy. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Tyson's a lot of weight to be putting on you as well. 
Wilder said a few days after the fight, my uniform was way too heavy. It was 40 plus pounds. We had it on 10 or 15 minutes before we even walked out and then put the helmet on. That was extra weight. Then the ring walk. Then going up the stairs. It was like a real workout for my legs. When I took it off, I knew immediately that the game had changed. But this is where Deontay Wilder loses me. So a couple years ago, in an interview with Joe Rogan, he said that he wears 45-pound weight vests while he's training. See, if you're going to be training with that much weight on you, that shouldn't be an excuse if you do this consistently. And so that's why I'm at a loss of word. Like, why would you say that you lost because of your costume, your outfit, but yet you say in an interview years ago that you train in with a weighted vest. See, this is where it's a bad look on him because then people are going to start assuming you're going to make excuses every time you don't perform well or if you lose. And I like Deontay Wilder. I think he's a great fighter. But when you make excuses like that, people are just going to start assuming that you are just going to make excuses for anything if you don't have things going your way. And now we go on to the trilogy. And so we've had a lot of issues making this trilogy. For anyone that has been keeping up with this, the rematch was supposed to happen in July 18th. But due to Deontay Wilder still recovering from surgery and because of the ongoing concerns with COVID-19, the fight was then postponed to October. Then it was postponed to December due to the lockdown restrictions for COVID. And everyone, including the promoters and the fighters, wanted this fight to be in front of a live audience. Trust me, I would like to see it as a live audience as well, because why wouldn't you? It's a big fight. One of the biggest fights we have out there. So they pushed it to December of 2020. And then they wanted to push it again to the following year. To which Tyson Fury decided that he was going to call off the fight because he said they asked him to agree to push it for December, which he did. Then they tried to change the date into next year, and he said he's been training, he's ready, and he had enough. He was moving on. Deontay Wilder responded to those comments by releasing a video saying that he is accusing Tyson Fury of cheating in their February of 2020 fight. Now, I don't know what exactly what does he mean by cheating, but there has a lot been going on since then that makes you question the legitimacy of Tyson Fury. So entering 2021, Fury entered negotiations to have his fight with Anthony Joshua happen. Following months of those negotiations, an official announcement was going to be imminent. But then May 17 of 2021, that an arbitration judge had ruled in favor of Wilder, ordering Fury to face Wilder no later than September 15th. Following that decision, Fury's co-promoter Bob Arum announced that the date for this fight would be on July 24th. But then Tyson Fury tested positive for COVID in July 
of 2021. They announced a new date would be October 9th. But what people were starting to question was Tyson Fury avoiding Deontay Wilder. Was he trying to get out of this fight? So in July of this year, he tested positive for COVID. Okay, fair enough. But then we see that he is out in the United States shopping, looking for stuff in Vegas specifically. And people started questioning the legitimacy of him actually being sick from COVID. Deontay Wilder accused him of lying about it, saying that he is using COVID as an excuse to avoid him. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but given how everything has transpired, how you see things in the news, the articles that you read, it's almost hard to believe that Fury was actually sick. And just recently now, we found out that according to the reports, Tyson Fury is now 20 pounds heavier for this fight compared to what he was back then. So now let's talk about this trilogy. What do we expect to happen here? What are the expectations? So we saw in the first fight that Tyson Fury could have won the fight, even though he got knocked down twice. But you could also make the case Wilder did some things that could have helped him win the fight. We saw in part two, it was a dominating effort by Tyson Fury over Deontay Wilder. What do I expect in this fight? I'm expecting a victory for Deontay Wilder. I think he is locked in and focused. I believe he wants this a lot more than Tyson Fury does. Now, I know Tyson Fury wants to win this match, but you can tell that Deontay Wilder really wants this battle. He really wants this match. He really wants this win against someone that you can tell he is losing respect for. So here's another thing what to expect from this match. Tyson Fury is the favorite to win this match. He's expected to hand Wilder another loss this Saturday night. Assuming everything goes well in training, Tyson Fury has all the physical tools to dominate Wilder again. He's got quick hands. He's got a longer arm. He has really good footwork. And he's got the power to keep the 35-year-old on his back foot. Fury also believes that he has a psychological edge over Deontay Wilder. So that can play a key role in this match. Now, unless you see Deontay Wilder change his strategy for this fight, we could see similarities of fight number two. But I do believe Deontay Wilder is going to come in with a brand new strategy. I think he'll make the right adjustments. I think he's going to be patient on how he is going to fight Fury. And I truly believe he's going to find a way to win. Now, if we go to decisions, I don't know if it'll go in his favor. But I believe he'll find a way. Could it be a TKO? Maybe. Could it be a knockout? Maybe. We won't know, but I'm expecting a good fight. I'm sorry, let me take that back. I'm expecting a great fight. 
would I be mad if Tyson Fury wins this match? No, not at all. But you would like to see at least Deontay Wilder win one between these two. We already had one tie. We already had Fury win round two. So why not Wilder win this last one? That way we can say both men are evenly matched. Now, I can't say they're evenly matched if Deontay Wilder wins a close one because, remember, Tyson Fury did embarrass him in that second fight. Deontay Wilder is a very dangerous opponent. One thing he does lack is he's not as skilled as Tyson Fury. So we're going to see what really happens. But I believe Deontay Wilder will find a way to win this match. So that's enough for boxing for today. Let's talk some football. There's two games I'm going to be paying attention to. One of them is the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. But I'm going to save that for after this topic. I So the game that I'm going to talk about right now is a very interesting one, to say the least. So I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles going to the Carolina Panthers. Now you may be wondering, why am I talking about a bad Philadelphia team going to a 3-1 Carolina Panthers team? It's going to be a blowout by the Carolina Panthers. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you this. The Eagles are much better than what you may think. Yes, they're 1-3, but they are much better than what their record shows. And I'm going to tell you right now. So in their first game, they went to Atlanta and they annihilated the Atlanta Falcons 32 to 6. Now, here's the thing. The Atlanta Falcons are going nowhere. Everyone can agree with that. The Atlanta Falcons are absolutely terrible. But if there's one thing you can respect about them is that they still have an offense that can put up points whenever they can. What did Philadelphia do the first game against the Atlanta Falcons? They held them to six points and not a touchdown, just two field goals. The defense came to play. Jalen Hurts looked phenomenal that game. The Eagles were fly, Eagles fly. I hate saying that term, but it's true. They were fly, Eagles fly. The following week, They took on the San Francisco 49ers. It was a close game. It was tight, but the Eagles couldn't find a way to score against that 49ers defense. Now, the 49ers defense do not sleep on that. I still think that 49ers defense is really, really good. The Eagles defense kept the 49ers offense in check. They lost 17 to 11, but they had chances to win. Jalen Hurts is not going to lose these games for the Eagles. He will find ways to win. He's actually a really good quarterback. He can get out of the pocket. He can scramble. He's a big body for a quarterback that many people doubt. People believe he's not as good as you think, given what they saw from last year when he came off the bench to play for Carson Wentz. But he is much better than what you think. If you see how he plays... He will find ways to get his receivers to catch the ball. 
he will open up the field for the running backs because he's a dual threat quarterback. He's not looking to run always, but he'll open the field up a lot. Next game, they get blown out by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, me personally, as a Cowboys fan, I did not see that coming. I thought it would be a much closer game, but that just goes to show you the difference between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about the Cowboys another time, but let's focus on the Eagles. That night was just a bad night for them. The following week on Sunday, that just passed by, they took on the Kansas City Chiefs, who were already entering that week 1-2. and two. The Philadelphia Eagles had 31st downs, 461 total yards, Jalen Hurts put up 387 yards, albeit on a bad defense, but it's still a defense. They're the defending AFC champs for a reason. They find ways to win not just offensively, but defensively. And the Eagles put up 30 points. So they go to Carolina this week, and I believe they're going to pull the upset. And I'm going to tell you why. I am not sold on the Carolina Panthers. The reason why I'm not sold on them is because I just think who they played the first three weeks are teams that are either not good or just didn't show up. So here's the first one. They played the New York Jets. They beat the Jets 19-14, to but Jets fans, I feel for you, but your team is not that great. I, I just think that it's the GMs, the owner, the people on the top, they need to be gone. I don't think it's the coach's fault. Now, you could say coaches need to be responsible for doing a cultural change, but I think you also need the pieces. And if the GMs are not giving you the pieces, you're never going to win good football games. So we have that. They beat the Jets team that's just not that good of a football team. Next week, the Panthers played the Saints, beat them 26-7, to but that's the Saints still trying to figure out who they are post-Drew Brees. So I'm not even going to count that. Not to mention that the Saints, the previous week before versing the Panthers, they blew out the Packers 38-3, to so they must have been feeling themselves. So they probably laid an egg and just thought, oh, we're going to steamroll the Panthers. So that's game number two for the Panthers. They're 2-0. and Then they played the Houston Texans, who don't have Deshaun Watson, who got rid of DeAndre Hopkins, who they got rid of last year, who happens to be... I think, the best receiver in football, given how he makes average quarterbacks look good. And now that he has a good quarterback in Kyler Murray, you're going to see him go off. So the Texans don't have him either. They don't have an offense. They don't have a defense. The Panthers beat them 24 to 9. Then just this Sunday... The Panthers went to Dallas, and they were down 36-14 to at one point. They also gave up 245 rushing yards, 143 to Ezekiel Elliott, who has not had a 100-yard rushing game all season, and he only had two 100-yard rushing games last season. Everyone is considering Zeke already a bust. I don't know how they consider him already breaking down, used up, 
old. I still think he can play, but you just can't run him down to the ground. But anyways, the Panthers lost badly to the Cowboys. Yes, the score was 36 to 28, but those are two garbage time points that they put up. So, here's what I see happening on Sunday afternoon in Charlotte, Carolina. I see the Philadelphia Eagles defense stepping up, forcing Sam Darnold to beat them because they have no Christian McCaffrey. He is once again injured with a hamstring. So the Eagles will be fine. They're going to make Sam Darnold beat them by throwing the football. But I think they're up for the task. That Panthers defense is not as good as everyone thinks. Yes, they just got Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, but I don't think that's enough. I think the Eagles are going to come into Charlotte. They're going to pull the upset, and then you're going to see why I was talking about how the Panthers are not as good as people think. You need to keep in mind that they're not winning the division. They're not beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at all. And even then, if they have to play the Saints again, I don't believe they're going to beat the Saints because I think the Saints will be much better than what people think. And then you have to look at the rest of the NFC. I do not see them beating Dallas again if they were to meet in the playoffs. I do not see them beating the Green Bay Packers if they were to meet in the playoffs. I do not even see them beating any of the NFC West teams in the playoffs. They're not beating the Rams. They're not beating the Cardinals. They're not beating the 49ers. And they're not beating the Seahawks. So... Let's pump the brakes on these Panthers. Let's see if they can prove me wrong. Let's see if they can actually win these games that they're not only supposed to win. They also have to prove to me that they can win against teams that's better than them. They have to prove to me that they can at least compete with those teams that are better than them. Even if they lose, can they show me enough that they deserve my respect? We'll have to wait and see. And now let's talk about the final game of Sunday this week. Sunday night football, the Buffalo Bills go back to the scene of the crime against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about these Bills for this season. After their opening day loss to the Steelers, which, by the way, they gave that game away. Like They should be 4-0 right now, but they gave that game away. The Buffalo Bills have blown out teams like the Miami Dolphins, the Washington football team, and the Houston Texans. Badly. And I mean very badly. They shut out the Dolphins 35-0. They beat the Washington football team 43-21. And then they shut out the Texans 40-0. But here's the thing. None of that matters... If they're not beating the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills. If they want to make it to where they want to be. The Super Bowl. To win their first Super Bowl ever in the franchise history. They need to get past the Kansas City Chiefs. That is the team that stands in their way as of now. Last season they played in Buffalo in the regular season on a Thursday night. It wasn't close. The score looks close but it wasn't close. Then we went to the AFC Championship game. 
and the Buffalo Bills got blown out. Badly. They were nowhere near ready to play against Kansas City. Kansas City annihilated them from the beginning and never looked back. What do we expect for this year? For this matchup? I'm expecting Buffalo to be much more competitive. I think they have the pieces. I think their team is much more complete. I believe they have the better roster. The one issue that they're going to have is this. Can they stand Kansas City's onslaught if they go on an onslaught? Can they go toe-to-toe with them on offense? Or rather this, can their defense slow down Kansas City's offense and force turnovers to give their offense a chance to put up points? We're going to find out what are these Buffalo Bills made out of. I believe they're going to win a division. I believe they can beat anyone in the AFC. But if they have to play Kansas City in the playoffs, they need to win this game on Sunday night. Because if they win on Sunday night in Kansas City, that gives them the confidence that not only can they beat Kansas City, but they can go to Kansas City in the playoffs and beat them there. Another issue I'm going to have with Buffalo is this. Can Josh Allen win the game and not lose it for them? He will throw the football a lot and he will get his. He will put up points. The question that I have with Josh Allen is this. Is the pressure going to be too much for him going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes? Can he avoid making mistakes? And more importantly, will he crumble under the pressure? That remains to be seen. Now let's look on to Kansas City. We spoke about them a couple weeks ago, how they were... One and one, they played the Chargers the following week and they lost, sending them to one and two and in last place in the division. People started to freak out talking about, oh, is Kansas City over? What are they going to do? Will they miss the playoffs? People got to stop with that, actually. I can't believe someone actually said that before. Are they going to miss the playoffs? They're one and two when that happened. What did they do on Sunday? They took care of business. They went to Philadelphia. They beat the Eagles 42 to 30. They put up their points. They put up their yards. They look absolutely phenomenal. But that's the offense. They still need to fix their issues on defense. Which is why I believe this is going to be a high scoring game. I believe the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game on Sunday night 41 to 38. I believe it's going to take Patrick Mahomes to save the day once again because I don't think that defense will help him out as much. Josh Allen will get his, but Patrick Mahomes will also get his as well because he's at home. He'll have the home field advantage. He'll have the crowd helping him out when their defense is on the field. And I believe if the Kansas City Chiefs win this game specifically on Sunday night, I think they're going to take off. Because if they beat a very good Buffalo Bills team, and they beat them convincingly, I think they're going to be just fine. They have some catching up to do, but I think they're still going to win the division. The only real threat I see for them are the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm still not sold on the Raiders. 
I'm not sold on the Broncos. I'm sold on their defense, but I'm not sold on their offense. And then with the Buffalo Bills, they have to win this game if they want to prove to everyone that we are the team to beat in the AFC. Because these two teams are it. These are the two teams that everyone are going to be focusing on for the rest of the regular season on the AFC side. Yes, we have the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson. Yes, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. And to a lesser degree, we also have the New England Patriots. We have the Miami Dolphins, if healthy. And we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they get their act together. But apart from that, the only two teams that we really are going to be talking about moving forward in the AFC will be the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And there you have it, everyone. So those are my three topics that I wanted to discuss today that was on my mind. Obviously, we have Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder this weekend. We have on Sunday the Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. We'll see what these Panthers are really made of. And then we have the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. That game will determine what happens to these two teams moving forward. And to that, I say goodbye to everyone on this week's episode of The Mock Draft. 